Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to chill our spines. Back by popular demand, the voice behind the film The Exorcist, the voice demon Pazuzu, Miss Mercedes McCambridge. Miss McCambridge comes back to reenact two of her spine-chilling performances. In this first episode, she plays a woman who has been dead for more than a year, but haunts her ex-husband every hour or every two hours to let him know how many hours he has left to live. And the husband is so frantic that he ends up carrying a gun that belongs to a friend, believing that his wife is going to come from the dead and kill him. And every time he hears her cat screech, he knows that it's her. And it is called Beyond the Grave. And in this next episode, Miss McCambridge plays a young woman who has the worst luck each time she goes to see a relative they end up dying their uncle is very rich and she tries to find out who has killed her uncle and her cousin but she does not know that the killer is closer than she thinks and it is called Death is an Old Sweet Song. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Mercedes McCambridge and her performance on the show for this morning. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Good evening, friends. This is your host to welcome you again through the creaking door into the inner sanctum. Come in, come in. I'm enjoying some winter sports with a couple of cold-blooded skates. Personally, I don't mind the low temperature anymore. That's because I wear a snowfall storm coat. Keeps the cold spirits out. <laughs> yes, uh, now I'm just a werewolf in a sheepskin lined shroud. <laughs> mm. Oh, him? Now that's our photographer, Artie. Yes, he just passed out while taking a picture from overexposure. <laughs> Ready now for our excursion? Beyond the grave. Let me warn you, we're a bit crowded. You may not be able to get a round-trip ticket. We can accommodate you on the way out, but coming back, you'll have to double up with a corpse. The fog rolls in from the sea and begins to blanket the long, narrow island, which is joined to the Florida mainland by a bridge. In the lone house on the island, two men stand at the window. Watching the mist develop into a thick gauze, obscuring the lights on the mainland. Listen, the fog is getting worse. Look, look out there. 
It, it's covering everything like a disgusting, evil monster. It'll lift by morning. Morning, morning, morning. I may not be here by morning. What the devil do you mean by that? I mean I may not be alive. What do you mean? Unless talk? you help me. I asked you out here tonight because I was afraid to be alone. But you said before that your uh, sister-in-law, Carol, and, and her husband, what's his name, uh, Everett, would be here. Yes, Vincent, but you're my friend. You're my closest friend. For the past week, I had a feeling that death was coming here to the island. And then when the fog began to roll in from the sea, I knew it would be tonight. Arthur, you're not making sense. You've got nothing to worry about. Except for being a little nervous, you're perfectly healthy. You don't understand, Vincent. Valerie's come back. Valerie? Yes, she's here on the island. For heaven's sake, Arthur, get hold of yourself. She's here, stop. out there, someplace in that fog. That's impossible, and you know it. It's been six months since your wife Valerie drowned. They never found her body. It, it was never washed up on shore. A drowned body isn't always found. She never went out on that boat. Of course she did. It was all settled at the coroner's inquest. No. No, there were some things that were never settled. What do you mean by that? You know Valerie... You know how strange and moody she was. Well, a great many people are moody. No, no. Not like Valerie was. She would prowl this island at night with that cat of hers always following. Everywhere she went, that cat would be with her. And on foggy nights, they'd be gone for hours. Well, that still doesn't prove that Valerie wasn't on that boat. Of course it does. Don't you understand? Cats hate water. I begged her many times to go out fishing with me. She'd never step foot in a boat. Look, this is all just your imagination working overtime. Oh, Vincent, she's come back to kill me. She hated me. From the day we were married, she hated me. On her wedding night, she flew into a rage. She scratched me. Her hand was like a claw, like a cat's claw. And now she's come back to kill me. You better stop talking. The cat disappeared the night Valerie did. Well, of course it did. It drowned with her. No. The cat's come back to the island. I've heard it at night. What you heard was probably a stray cat that wandered onto the island across the bridge. <laughs> now, uh, I'll get it. Hello. Arthur Cameron. Yes, who's this? Listen. <sighs> you have six hours to live, Arthur. Just six more hours. It was Valerie. She spoke to me. What are you talking about? The cat was with her. She, she said I had six hours to live. Six hours? Here, let me have that phone. It's no use. She's hung up. Oh, maybe we can trace the call. Hello? Hello, operator. Operator. You're coming to kill me. You've got to help. Now, just take it easy, Arthur. I'll get the police in a minute. Hello, operator. Operator. What's wrong? Why doesn't she answer? I think I know why. I'm afraid the wires have been cut. Come on. I'm driving you to the mainland. Can't you drive faster? With the fog as thick as it is, Arthur, I'm going faster than I should. But you've got to get me off the island. The bridge is just ahead. We'll be on the mainland in a few minutes. Say, I just remembered something. What? You said that Valerie's sister Carol and uh, her husband Everett would be out here to visit you tonight. Yes, but we can't wait for them. What time did they say they'd be here? 8.30. Well, it's past that now. They should drive along this road any moment. Maybe we'll meet them and then... Why did you stop? We can't stay here. The bridge. If I hadn't stopped quickly enough, we'd both have been killed. This end of the bridge has been washed out. Please, let's go back into the house. She's somewhere near us in the fog here. I can feel her. I'm not going in until I find out where that phone wire was cut. 
I'm going to splice it together again. It's our only chance of reaching the police. It's nine o'clock. An hour has gone by already. And if I'm not out of here by two o'clock... What is it? Look, look, you can see it through the fog. There's a strange yellow light down the road. Hmm? Why, it's the headlight of a car coming this way. A car? Yeah, quick. Behind the house here and stay out of sight. It's turning into the driveway. How could a car have come onto the island with that bridge washed out? Be quiet. Somebody's getting out. They're coming this way. What? It's, it's Carol and Everett. Carol? Everett? Arthur? What in the deuce are you doing out here in the back of the house? You scared me. Everett, I'm so glad you're here. What's the matter, Arthur? You actually... Uh, you... I'll tell you in a minute, but... How did, how did you get here? How do... Say, what's gotten into you? How did you get on the island? We drove over the bridge and up the shore road. How else can you get here? But how could you drive over the bridge? It's been washed out. Washed out? I saw it with my own eyes and Vincent saw it too, didn't you, Vincent? I certainly did. Oh, Vincent, I didn't know you were here. Yes, Everett, and I'm glad I am. Well, you two must be mistaken. Carol and I drove over that bridge less than three minutes ago. Three minutes, huh? Why do you say it that way? Are you sure you haven't been on the island longer than that? What does he mean? Hanged if I know. Some very strange things have been happening. Arthur's life has been threatened. What? It's true. By your sister, Valerie. Don't you two know that April Fool's Day is months away? Joke all you want, Everett, but it's true. Even the telephone wire has been cut. This is the telephone. Yeah. So the telephone wire's been cut, huh? You better answer it, Arthur. Uh, I'm almost afraid. Come on, I'll go in with you. Hurry, Arthur. All right. Hello? Hello. Hi. Valerie! We are here, Arthur. Listen. It's nine o'clock, Arthur. You have five more hours to live. waiting. I can't stand it. Why don't the police come? Now, take it easy, Arthur. They'll be here. We only phoned them a few minutes ago. But something might happen before they get here. We can't just sit around waiting for them to arrive. Of course, it would be difficult to find anybody out there in that fog. But we could look around until the police got here. No, no. No, I'm not going out there. She's waiting for me. Arthur, please try to understand. It couldn't be Valerie. You don't know any of you. I can feel it. She's She's coming closer and closer every minute. Arthur, you've got nothing to worry about. I've got this gun. And believe me, I won't hesitate to use it. Vincent, I didn't know you were in the habit of carrying a gun. I gave it to him, Everett, before you arrived. What's oh. the matter? Don't you trust me with a gun? I really don't trust anyone with a gun. Carol, what is it? There was something outside the window. A sort of face. Carol, please. Now, don't you get started on this crazy nonsense. No. It's the swirling fog. No, I saw it. But now it's gone. I could make out the eyes. They were shining like the eyes of a... Look out! She's She's coming for me! Let's go, Everett. That came from the back of the house. No, don't leave me! Carol, you go with Vincent. I'll stay with Arthur. All right. Vincent! Vincent, wait! Arthur, I stayed with you because I want to talk about Vincent. I think it was foolish of you to give him that gun. Vincent's my friend. I trust him. You shouldn't. Why do you say that? Don't you remember how he acted at the coroner's inquest? He testified against you time and again, very subtly, to make them think you were responsible for Valerie's death. You were wrong. Vincent would have no reason to do No. It. He and Valerie were quite close before you came along, Arthur. 
Even after you came along. That isn't true. He even saw the night she disappeared. You don't know what you're saying. At the inquest, he swore he wasn't on the island that night. But he was. And I can prove it. Here. Look at this. The cigarette lighter. Yes. With Vincent's initials on it. You can still see them through the rust. Where did you get that lighter? Carol and I found it in the water near the boathouse. I remember the day after Valerie disappeared, Vincent made a remark about losing his life. Now, do you still think he's such a friend? But if what you say is true, you and Carol and I have got to stay together until the police get here. You're sure they're on the way? Yes, they told me on the phone it would take them less than 15 minutes to get here. Well, it may not be safe for you to wait for them here. We'll uh, go down to the bridge to meet them. No, no, I'm not going out in that fog. She's there waiting for me. Look, Arthur, you've got more to fear from Vincent than anyone. But don't come on before he returns. All right. We'd, uh, we'd better go out through the French windows. Good idea. Just stay close to the house until we get to the garage. The, the fog is so thick, I, I can't see you. I'm just on the edge of the gravel path. Wait. What's wrong? Arthur, stay where you are. Where are you? Something's out here near us. Don't move. Just brush against me. Oh! Run! Run! Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Don't go away, kitty. We need you for a couple of more murders. <laughs> Everett's dead, you know. That's what he gets for letting a black cat cross his throat. Say, how do you like that Valerie? She's some wife, huh? Nagging her husband right to the grave. The same one she's in. <laughs> well, Valerie's sore about that last phone call she made. The operator said to her, Five cents for the next five murders, please. <laughs> now let's get back to our frightened friends on that Florida island. She meant to kill me, Carol. She mistook Everett for me. Arthur, please. How is he, Vincent? He's dead. Oh, no. Everett. It's as if his throat was torn open oh, by a wild no. animal. I told you she was more animal than human. Oh. She and that cat, they were in here. Carol, you'd better not touch the body. Oh, leave me alone. You've done it up already. What's that supposed to mean? You know exactly what it means, Vincent. And when the police come, I'm going to tell them how you ran away from me out there in the fog. I didn't run away from you. I thought you were behind me when I came back to the house. You're lying. Just a moment, Carol. Why? What is it? The cigarette lighter that Everett had in his hand is missing. What cigarette lighter? You know the one I mean. The one that was found in the water near the boathouse. I have the faintest idea of what you're talking about. I have. Arthur, you'd better search him. Now, look here. If you're as innocent as you claim to be, Vincent, you shouldn't mind. All right, then go ahead and search. I will after I make this call. Whom you calling? The police. Can't understand why they haven't gotten here yet. It's almost ten o'clock. Hello. Hello, operator. Will you please connect me with police headquarters and hurry? Do you think you've been calling the police department all this time, Arthur? Oh, yes. Valerie. We're still here. It's ten o'clock, Arthur. You have just four more hours. Arthur, where's 
Vincent? I just left him. Carol, did you know about him and Valerie? Well, yes, Arthur. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I wanted to. But after all, she was my sister. We'll have to get away from him. Yes. Well, suppose we tell him that we're going for the police. He can't have any objection to that. But suppose he wants to come with us in the car. Well, somebody has to stay here with Everett's body. Would well, you think it's safe to leave him here? If he killed Everett, he'll have a chance to destroy any evidence. We can't help that. It's safer to leave him here than to take him with us. He still has that gun of yours. That's right, I have. Vincent, oh, oh. forgive me for disturbing you two. I, I thought you were supposed to be outside. I was outside for a while. But I saw somebody moving around in the other room, so I came back. When I got to the other room, I found Everett's body missing. What? Gone? Everett's body is gone? Vincent, you were in that room before alone. So was Carol after I left. Weren't you, Carol? Oh, I don't remember. I may have been. You were there alone, Carol. I remember. Arthur, you walked with me to the front door. When I left the house, the body was still there. After that, I don't know what happened. But perhaps Carol does. What are you driving at? What do you think I'm driving at? You mean that I did something with Everett's body? Draw your own conclusions. I've drawn mine. How dare you imply such things? I won't listen to another word of such talk. Not another word. Well, Arthur, what do you think? I I don't know what to think. I'm going out of my mind. I don't know where to turn, who to trust. You can trust me. I wish I was sure that I could. Oh, of course you can. Now, come here, Arthur. Don't you see? The one who hopes to kill you is trying to break you down first. Now, for your own sake, you mustn't give in. I don't know who's behind all this, but I do know this. It's all part of a plan to destroy you little by little. Don't you see that now? Nothing makes sense. Now, you listen to me, Arthur, and listen to me well. Because there isn't a great deal of time left. We've got to get away from Carol while there's still time, while she's not here. Why? Can't you see? She's trying to kill you. Why? Yes. Don't be a fool. Carol is the one who lied to you. She and Everett both. They intended to murder you, but in the darkness and the fog, Carol made a, a fatal mistake. She thought it was you she was killing, not Everett. No, no, that was Valerie in the room. A human animal was there. You saw the claw marks on Everett's throat. That could be accomplished with an iron claw. Valerie is dead. What makes you so sure because of that? Because I know she's dead. They never drove across that bridge at nine tonight. They've been here on the island all evening. How do you know that? I know that because we saw that bridge with our own eyes. And I saw it again just ten minutes ago. It's still down. You're just saying that. Come, come on with me, Arthur, and you'll see for yourself. No! No, you're trying to get me out of the house, out into that fog where Valerie is. Will you stop being an idiot? Here. Take this gun. That'll make you feel any better. Take it and hold it in my back while we're outside. Now let's get away from Carol while there's still a chance. All right. Give me the gun. Yeah. No. Keep in front of me all the time. And I'm warning you, if you make one false move, I'll kill you. You see? Carol and Everett were lying to us. The bridge is still down. You're right, Vincent. They couldn't have come across that bridge. Of course not. The only trouble is we can't get back over it now either. But we've got to get off this island Wait somehow. a minute. Wait a minute. I should have thought of it before. Your boat. I saw the motorboat after the accident. Well, what about a rowboat? Uh, there's still one of those down at the boathouse at the other end of the island. Good. Then we can row over to the mainland. Yes, yes, of course. Come on. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Back to the house for the car. Don't be ridiculous. We can't go back there now. we got to walk. All right. Along the beach here. 
Better walk faster than that, Arthur. Vincent, I, I have a feeling we're being followed. Ah, uh, just your imagination. Who could see us in this fog? But I tell you that... We are being followed. I told you. Look behind us. Yes, I can see it now. It's a cat. And there's a woman with it. We've lost them, Arthur. They can't be far behind. Doesn't make any difference now. There's the boathouse just ahead. The boat? It's not at the land. Well, it must be. You can't see it because of the fire. I can see it isn't there. All right, then we'll hide in the boathouse till morning. You can't hide from the dead. Oh, will you please stop that nonsense? We're dealing with somebody very much alive. You've still got that gun. You can't harm the dead with stop a gun. Then. Come on, we're going inside. Door's locked. I didn't lock it. This boathouse has never been locked before. All right, wait here. I'll break through the window and come around through the inside. There, just wait for me and I'll unlock the door. They're coming, Vincent. Hurry, hurry. Now, come on inside, Arthur. Better lock the door. Yes. Arthur. Uh, We're in luck. There's a phone here. Well, that's right. I forgot. Maybe it hasn't been disconnected like the other one. I'll try it. Hello. Hello, operator. Hello, Arthur. <laughs> It's 11 o'clock, Arthur. Just three more hours. Quarter or two, Arthur. You can't stay here another minute. And I can't run away any longer. Where would I go? Where would I hide? If she's going to kill me, let her come and do it. You've still got 15 minutes. Oh, my time's run out now. Well, I wanted to help you save yourself, but you wouldn't let me. I'm not going to stay here another second. Vincent! This is your last chance. Do you want to make a run for it with me? I told you it was no use. All right, then there's nothing more I can do. Goodbye. I've come for you. Valerie, please. You know why I've come, don't you? Please, don't come any closer. You hated me so much. Couldn't even wait until death came to me naturally. You knew how much I hated water. How much I was afraid of. Stand where you are. Don't come another step. You despised me because I... Your bullets can't harm me. There's no way you can harm me anymore. Because I am dead. But I can harm you. Valerie. Valerie, forgive me. Valerie, please forgive me. I, I, I was sorry as soon as I threw you off the boat, but it was too late. I, I dived into the water to find you, but I couldn't. I tried until my lungs almost burst. Please, please forgive me. Why? Why didn't you tell the police? I wanted to live. Well, now it doesn't make any difference. You're wrong about that, Arthur. Listen. It makes a big difference to us. What are you doing back here? I was listening outside your confession. Confession? Thank you, Miss Mason. That'll be all. Yes, Miss Mason. The fog outside and this dim light in 
here helped her disguise. And... And it wasn't Valerie. How could it be? Valerie's dead, isn't she? And the dead can't really return. But Everett... Who... Who killed him? Everett? Everett's alive. Very much alive, Arthur. What? It wasn't hard for me to pretend being dead with uh, Vincent and Carol keeping you away from my body. And you... All of you worked in on this together. Yes. The police couldn't help us because Valerie's body was never found. But we knew you had killed her. We just had to wait for the chance to prove it. And now you have my confession. Come on, Arthur. Wait a minute, Everett. Hello? Hello, Bennett. It's all over. Hmm. Yeah. You can hook up the wires again. And Bennett, you'd better get to work on that bridge right away. We're making a trip to the mainland. It's an outrage. All those juicy chances for murder and not one drop of blood spilled. Well, I guess that's the way it is some nights. You just can't lay away a cough or so. <laughs> and that Valerie. What a judge she turned out to be. Didn't even have enough courage to step out of her grave. Uh, confidentially, though, the reason is... Valerie doesn't like to be seen in shrouds. <laughs> oh, no. No, there's no moral to this story. Just the ugly fact that when you're dead, brother... You're dead. <laughs> Sanctum was heard in the United States over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, and has been rebroadcast for service men and women overseas. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, a voice of information and education. Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Brought to you by Bromo Seltzer. Five headaches, three ways. Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo This is your host to welcome you in through the creaking door. Now, come in, come in. Don't be shy. Just put your best foot forward and be sure nobody bites you. 
After all, as one werewolf said to the other, we'll have a howling good time. The trick is to keep your spirits up. Or maybe in the inner sanctum to keep them down. Hmm? <laughs> Tonight's inner sanctum mystery, Death's Old Sweet Song, is an original radio drama written by Lou Vittis and stars Mercedes McCambridge in the role of Peg and is presented by the Emerson Drug Company of Baltimore, Maryland, whose registered pharmacists compound that speedy, refreshing headache help in the familiar blue bottle, Bromo Seltzer. And now for our little slice of life. Nothing fancy, just a couple of murders and a few pints of blood. <laughs> it's an old house on a side street. All the rooms are dark except one where an old man sits writing. Here I am, an old man in a dark house. An old man almost ready to die. But not yet. Not yet. I'm safe. Outside in the street, an organ is playing. Love's old sweet song. The windows are shuttered and locked. The door is heavy and bolted from the inside. I'm safe. There are three of them who want my money. They're young. I'm old. They want me to die. They cannot wait, they think. But I'm clever. And they will have to wait. They... You... Don't come closer. Don't. What are you going to do? That poker, no... I'm very old. I'm very old. I shall die very soon anyway. Put that poker down. I don't want to die this way. I don't want to... Oh, you, you killed him, killed him. Don't look at me like that. 
Go away. I could take that soft throat of yours and leave Please. Oh, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. She ran away, Peter. She may run. But your blood is on her hands, Peter. She'll come back. And when she does, we'll wait for her, won't we, Peter? We'll both wait for her. Yes, ma'am? Oh, the, the phone, please. Phone booth over at the other end. Oh, thanks. house where Simon Prentice lives, isn't it? Are you going visiting at this hour? Yes, I am. I'm his cousin. At two o'clock in the morning. I am his cousin. Now, will you please announce me? I could lose my job. Mr. Prentice is a very irritable man. I've got to see him. Simon won't mind if I do... Simon? Well, all right. His apartment is 6C. The elevator is over there. Thank you. Simon, you've got to begin. Simon? The door. Open. I'd better go. Simon? The living room, maybe. Oh, Simon, you're here. I thought you... Why didn't you answer the door? My dear, if... If I got out of this chair, I'd be dead before I walked two steps. Simon... What's the matter? Matter is a thin knife between my ribs. Oh, Don't touch it. But I have... Take it out of my life and pour out after it. Oh, Simon, we've got to do something. Yes, I have to die. And you... A doctor. It's too late. Huh? I mean, what are you saying? Try to tell me. Street organ man. Yes. He, he's the one. He's Simon. Simon.
listening to Inner Sanctum, brought to you by Bromo Seltzer. Misery likes company. I don't know who first said it, but I wonder if he was a Bromo Seltzer user. He or she might have been thinking of how the misery of a headache may be found in the company of a stomach upset and a case of jangled nerves. Well, I just bet the person who thought out that phrase was a Bromo Seltzer user, Mr. Weiss. Gee, he must have known about Bromo Seltzer being the answer to the triple trouble of a headache. I think so, too, Ellen. You see, friends, a refreshing glass of speedy Bromo Seltzer helps relieve not only your headache itself, but the sick stomach and jittery nerves that may accompany an ordinary headache. That's the triple trouble Bromo Seltzer is so good for. Isn't this how the little rhyme about it goes, Mr. Weiss? Fight headache grief with three-way relief. Now, let's see. Where were we the last time Peg screamed? Oh, yes, up in Simon Prentice's apartment, discovering that Simon would never renew his lease. You see, he'd shortly be moving into a rather smaller place. Approximately six feet long. Yeah, somebody had cut his requirements down with a long, thin knife in the back. And Peg, staring at his corpse, heard... Whereupon, being rather an active girl on this particular night, she grabbed the nearest exit and started down the street. But a cop at the corner suggested a detour into a handy lunchroom. Now, what'll it be, sister? Oh, uh, could I have a sandwich? And a uh, coffee, please. What kind of sandwich? Any kind. I mean, a... Uh, How about turkey? Yes, yes, of course. It's good. Want to hunk off this end? Yes, please. Thanks, coming up. Thank you. Yeah, there you are. Can I get your coffee? Yes, Terry Slim's avoid pounding those ivories. Terry Slim's avoid pounding those ivories. But just one moment. We've got a special police flash here. And Miss Margaret Flanders is wanted by the police. Oh, no. Your coffee, Questioning in connection with the murder of Simon Prentice, whose body was discovered shortly after midnight at 49 Oak Grove Avenue. Yeah, hey, you know, that's right, Miss. Is, is it? Miss Flanders is 23. Chestnut hair, hazel eyes, about 5 foot 3. It sounds like a good-looking babe. It almost be a description of you, sister. When last seen, she was wearing a tailored gray suit and gray hat. <laughs> ain't that funny you wearing a gray suit, ain't you? Look, I just remembered. I have to go. Right now. Here. Hey. Hey, Miss, she ain't it. She was carrying a large leather handbag, black with a gold clasp. Is this the kind of bag that babe? Boy, wouldn't that be a joke on me if that was a babe the cops was after and I was too dumb to recognize her, huh? Now, wait a minute. Maybe I was too dumb. Where's that phone? I knew you'd come back. I got to rest. 
I've got to sleep, please, Mrs. Torrance. You've come back because his blood called you back. No. Then why are you here? The police are after me. There are police here. But at the front. I sneaked in through the back door, the one that no one knows about, the one we used as children. The Alababa door, we called it. Ah. And it isn't only the police. No. No. The murderer is after me, too. I know it. Who is? I don't know his name. I don't even know what he looks like, but... Doesn't sound very convincing. It does. He killed Cousin Simon, too. Did he? No, won't you let me sleep here without telling anybody? Come. Oh, thank you. I'll be so grateful. Please, Jim, come with me. We'll go here. Oh, but this is... This is the room. Get here. All right. So dark. The dead needs no light. You mean... Come here. No. Come here. All right. Don't touch me. They left him here for the night. They covered him so that his wounds wouldn't freak around. What are you going to... Oh, no, don't. You've seen him before. Don't. There. You can see him better now. Yes. His face, I can't. You must. Don't let go of my arm. Don't you hurting me. Look at him. I, I am. Anymore. I loved him too, Mrs. Thorpe. You wanted a place for rest? To sleep tonight? Yes, I did. I do. All right, you have one. Here? In this room? In this room. In this room. With him? He'll not molest you. No, I couldn't. You must. No, I'm going. Let me go. No, I can't stay here. I'm stronger than you. Shall I hit you again? You stay here tonight. When I was a child, my mother told me of a way they caught murderers years ago in the old country. They locked them in a room with a corpse of the one they had killed. Oh, no. And they left them there for 12 hours. 12 hours. And they opened the room and went inside and looked at the corpse. Oh, that's just an old wife's kill. And if the wounds of the corpse had bled, then the person in the room was guilty and had to die. Oh, but you can't believe that. You're young. You're pretty. A jury might let you off with a few years in prison. I was sure you had murdered Mr. Peter. I'd strangled you myself. But I'm not sure. Not entirely. For I have to be sure. No, you can't tell that way. I believe in the old. I believe in the old. I shall be able to tell. Good night. No, you mustn't lock me in. I shall. And while you're with him, this case, pray. <laughs> pray that that tired blood, pray that that tired blood not begin to flow again.
The body. Uncle P. Oh, no, I'm getting old. Mrs. Sorensen! Mrs. Sorensen! Mrs. Sorensen, please, please, let me out. I don't care. Call the police or anything. Only let me out. The door. It's not locked. It's not locked. It's not locked. It's not locked. I'm free. I'm free. Just down the hall to the front door and I... What are you doing? Why are you lying there? Why are you like? Wet. Your body wet. Light. I got a light. Light. I got a light. There. I have to put this and I have to see. Blood, I know, and Mrs. Sorensen. But it's not Uncle Pete's blood. It's your blood, Mrs. Sorensen. Your blood! I'm afraid I'm going crazy. I'm at home. Oh, please come over, John. Yes, there are police, but I use the back door, the Alababa door. Mrs. Sorensen. Oh, no, John. No, she won't do anything. She's dead. Johnny caught up with me, but I broke the lamp over his head. Good heavens, you may have killed him. Uh, uh, alive. John, take me away from here. Oh, he's the killer. John, I can't stay here any longer. Please take me away. Please take me away. All right, all right. And better straighten your things. Those look like they've been slept in. They were. Never mind that. Just take now, me come away. On, come on. Oh, and John, the back way. I don't want the police. Well, all right. Sneak out, but you can't go on hiding forever. I know, I know that, John, but I've got to rest for a little while. I've got to rest. 
Then you can take me to the police. I'll tell them everything. But first, John, I've got to rest. Rest. Yes, Frank. Oh, I've been sleeping. It was wonderful. It was so wonderful. Good. Where are we? Out in the country. Thought it's safer for you until you decide what to do. It's pretty awesome. It's almost night. I slept for a long time, didn't I? I didn't want to disturb you. You needed to rest. Bad, uh-huh. better pull off the highway. Give yourself up to the police. Mm-hmm. But will they believe me? Well, of course they will. Well, I'm not so sure. I found Uncle Pete's body. I was with Simon when he died. They'll say I have a motive. I inherit a third of Uncle Pete's money. Well, for that matter, so do I. Motive isn't everything. Now, listen, Peg. However tough the case may look, you'll have to go back and face the music. Which reminds me. We know who killed Uncle Pete and Simon. I guess we do. But... You and I can both describe him. We saw him. I can both describe him. We saw him back at the house. Now, once you give the police that lead, our murderous friend will stop killing people to the tune of Love's Old Sweet Song. Oh. What's the matter, Peg? How did you... How did you know he played that song? For heaven's sake, Peg, stop being so imaginative. You don't think I'm the organ grinder, do you? Oh, you're nice. Well, then. then the organ grinder wasn't a murderer. You were. You're a fool, Peggy. You could have kept the master. John! A jury might have given you life with the evidence I filled up with you. That would have been all right with me. Your inheritance would have been voided, and I'd have got it all as I planned, and I still will get it. If I put the book in your hand when you fainted, I killed that snooky housekeeper. What? I'm not the jury. Oh, John! Let's not be sentimental, since you know I dispose of dear Uncle Pete and dear Cousin Simon. Not to mention Mr. Sorensen. What else can I do? Oh, no, you wouldn't. Oh, but I would. No one knows I put you up at the house. As you remember, not only did we both sneak out the back way, the Alabama way, but I sneaked in the back way. No, no. I need no. the money, my dear. No, show. get your hands off my throat, John. Well, a while back there, when you caught me with that lamp, 
started. It worked out all right. We needed the proof against John, and, well, we got it. So all the time I was trying to run away from you, I was really running towards death. You could say it that way. Death, alias Cousin John. It's not an alias for him. Not anymore. Cousin John certainly was a card, wasn't he? Well, at least he had a very good poker hand. As Gargo Fee. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, there's a question I want to ask Cousin John before they deposit him in that safest of all safe deposit vaults, the cemetery. Oh, the question? Well, if you remember, Uncle Pete was in a room whose windows were locked and shuttered and whose door... How did Cousin John get in? Oh, sure. I can think of a few explanations. There was a secret passageway, or John was already hiding in the room when Uncle Pete locked himself in, but just suppose the answer might be Cousin John just walked through the door. Through the door. anyone say this? I'd give a million dollars if I could do something about this headache. Maybe you've said it yourself. Well, next time you're thinking of mortgaging the family heirlooms in the hope of easing an ordinary headache, remember there's an economical way to get headache relief, an economical way to get headache relief, an economical way to get headache relief. You see, here's the reason, or I should say the reason, Gromo Seltzer is so economical. Just a teaspoonful of Gromo Seltzer in a glass of water is all it takes to prepare refreshing headache health. And also? Gromo Seltzer doesn't do just one job. It does three. Three important jobs, and does them fast. Gromo Seltzer helps relieve your headache and also helps relieve your jittery nerves and your upset stomach. And as you know, upset stomach and jitters may go with a headache. So, friends, take this economical split-second effervescent next time a headache sneaks up on you. Caution, use only as directed. If headaches persist or recur, see your doctor. Remember, for effective economical relief... By the way, this month's Inner Sanctum mystery novel is Widowmaker by Michael Blanco. Now it's time to close the squeaking door until next week at this same time. When Bromo Seltzer brings you another Inner Sanctum mystery, directed by Hyman Brown. Next week. Now, some people can take their dreams or leave them, but John Lane is stuck with... John Lane is stuck with it because he dreams about a knife. A sharp knife. Then some other people get stuck with it. Some other people get stuck with the same knife, and a well-done mummy turns up in a limestone mummy turns up in a limestone pit, and another pit, and another. Does all this begin to sound like a nightmare? Oh, oh, that's as it should be. Because the name of next week's inner sanctum mystery is nightmare. You'll be sure to listen, won't you? 
Until next Monday, then. Until next Monday, then. Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Mercedes McCambridge and her performance on the show for this morning. Please join me later on tonight as I bring to the show in the first performance Deborah McGee and Molly. And also, guys, just to let you know in the coming weeks, this coming Friday, please join me as I welcome to the show The Life of Riley. And join me in the coming weeks as I bring such stars as Joseph Cotton, Abbott and Costello, John Lund, and many others. And also, guys, each time you listen to the show, you are helping out a worthy cause. Each time you listen to the show, I will be donating my sponsorship to the Salvation Army to help people who are in need in this country. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and always remember, guys, to enjoy the show. Thanks. <laughs>